everything starts with self-worth and self-love. And when you live in a place where you have such a knowing of your identity and you live in that authenticity, it's just a more beautiful space. And if everybody lived in that space, we would have such a different world. Hello and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and happy summer. Happy summer solstice. It is officially the summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I don't know about you guys, but there's something really fun and magical and special and lighter and brighter about the summertime. And I am really looking forward to the next couple of months. And what a great way to kick off this summer season with this week's new episode with Heather Reinhardt. She is an author, a speaker, and the self-love aficionado behind Behind the new book, Go Love Yourself. And I was really excited to sit down and to have this conversation with Heather. She has really undergone such a beautiful and transformational self-love journey. And now she's sharing her experiences and what she's learned and her big takeaways in her new book. It's so interesting because her mission is really to make sure as many people as possible have the proper tools to cultivate self-love. So I was excited to sit down with her and to have this conversation for Seek the Joy podcast and we really chat all about Heather's self-love journey, why self-love has been so important to her and what it really means to love yourself. We talk about taking ownership. Yes, you heard that right. And moving past the resistance that often shows up to really step into the work that we're meant to be doing. We talk about spirituality and cultivating a mind, body, and spirit connection. Heather shares with us her key ingredients for a successful relationship and why it's so important to create sacred experiences for ourselves to really foster greater self-love. Plus, we chat about Heather's new book, Go Love Yourself, and her writing process. We talk about her affirmation candle line and just so much more. So before we dive in to this week's new episode, I've got to share with you the iTunes review of the week. And this week it comes from Nancy MUA and it says, thank you, Sydney. I just finished listening to Self Love, Who Dis, in Tears. This episode struck such a chord with me. I'm at a crossroads with my career and I feel daily the life being sucked out of me as I drive to the office. I know that I need to take that leap of faith, but it's so scary. Yet listening to Sydney makes me feel like I'm really not alone and that I can do this. I will do this. Nancy, thank you so much for this really kind and generous review of the podcast. I'm so glad that you started listening and that you resonate with that episode, self-love, who dis, and what are the odds that the review that I read this week is about self-love and this week's episode is about self-love? No coincidence, I'm sure, but Nancy, seriously, thank you so much for this rating and review of the podcast. And guys, if you've been enjoying this show, whether it's your first time tuning in or your 100th time, I would be so grateful if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or really wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. When you do, take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I will send you our brand new and improved guide for infusing more joy into your life. I am just so excited about this new guide and to share it with you guys. And it's also a really great way for us to connect outside of the show. And I don't know if I've shared this yet, but I am coming out with two more eBooks this summer. Both of them are guides to podcasting. I've had so many people ask me, how did I start Seek the Joy podcast? Could they pick my brain? And so I thought, let's create an eBook. Let's create a guide that really shares all of my tips and tricks. So stay tuned because that's going to come out a little later this summer along with a guide to pitching um, your dream guests for your show. So stay tuned. I'm just, can you tell I'm really excited? about everything that's to come because I really am. All right, guys, that's it. I'm really looking forward to you tuning into this one. I can't wait to hear what you think. After you tune in, join the conversation on our social media pages. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Heather Reinhardt, the self-love aficionado. 
and I first met, I think at Air One, like almost a year ago, I remember like one of the first things we really talked about was self-love and this journey to self-love that both of us have really taken, I think over the course of our lives and the parallels, I think that we really shared struck me. I think you had a very similar response or like reaction when we met the first time. And so I'd love to start this off by talking about self-love, talking about your self-love journey. But even before we do that, I mean, what does self-love really mean to you? Well, in my new book, Go Love Yourself, I define self-love as a righteous knowing of one's identity, Mm. where you just know everything about yourself deep down to the core and understand the choices that you have to make to support yourself and understanding that each choice you make either gets you further ahead along your path or it keeps you stagnant. And then sometimes those stagnant choices are needed as well because we need to learn the lesson a little bit more before we move forward. But knowing yourself is the ultimate self-love. And then also treating yourself really well. Yeah, totally. I love what you said, this righteous knowing of who we are and the process of getting to know who we are, of diving in, like diving in headfirst, not like a little toe. You know, like when you were getting into a cold pool and you start off with like your toes and your feet and then you move up to your knees and then your hips, like this slow process of like acclimating to the temperature of the water. Like it's not that. It's like diving in headfirst to doing the work, to knowing who you are, to unraveling those layers and connecting to to that authentic self, the one that's very deep inside. And then once you begin to know that person, know that essence of who you are, th- that self-love comes with it. And I, so I love this definition. Yeah. It totally resonates. Sometimes you have to dive head first without ever having wham before. Yeah. And you have to trust that your mind, body, and spirit will keep you afloat. Mm-hmm. And that you have the tools like already within you to – keep yourself afloat to, I don't know, like blow up those, what are those things that they give little kids? Like, um, those floaties, <laughs> right? Like that you have the, the tools oh, to, uh, uh. yes. What are those called? You know what I'm um, talking about? Like, water like wings. yes, like that you have the tools and if you need to, you can pull out those, those floaties, those water wings and keep yourself afloat throughout the journey. Yes. That's a great metaphor. Yeah. So how did you arrive at this space of self-love within yourself? What is what has this been like? What does it look like for you? So my self-love journey really first started about 10 years ago when I first moved to LA. Um, and I discovered that I've always been able to see auras. And I finally had a name for it mm-hmm. because I grew up in Atlanta and there's not really a lot of people walking around saying, oh, that's an aura. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's not the conversation out there, but it is the conversation here in Los Angeles. And when I was describing it to a friend of mine, this is at a time period in my life where I thought everybody saw energy like I did, just like you assume that everybody sees the sky is blue. Mm -hmm. I had no idea it was a gift. I just assumed that this was part of human nature. Um, And that really kind of opened me up to, oh, okay, I'm experiencing life a little bit different than some people. And also experiencing the same as others, and I need to find those others so I can learn from them. And that was the the beginning of my spiritual journey. Mm. And the first five years or so was really about learning myself as a human and myself as a spirit and learning to kind of combine those two. And then after a breakup, I realized that I've always known I was meant for something more and I couldn't live in a safe comfort zone anymore. And I needed to figure out what exactly I was meant for and how to dive deep. Mm -hmm. So that's when I began the self-love journey because I didn't love myself. I didn't know anything about self-love or self-worth. I just knew how to survive. And it's not like anybody teaches you self-love unless you come from like a very highly evolved family, which hopefully by the time that our generation has kids, our children will be Mm -hmm. very highly evolved. That's the goal. Totally. So it dawned on me that I didn't really have a whole lot of self-worth. I had worth in a way of, I understood that I needed to take care of myself to some degree, but I always looked for other people to do some of it for me as well. Mm -hmm. 
And when I came into the realization of like, oh, everything is on me, all my choices, all my decisions, all my thoughts, patterns, and practices are all on me. That's when I was able to step in and embody self-love. And it took another five years for me to fully understand it and grasp it. And now I'm at a place where it's like, yeah, I got this. I got this and I'm ready for the next level. At this point, it's second nature to you, which I think is so cool. And it's what you share and it's what you write about in your new book. And we'll dive into that in a little bit. But I got to rewind a little bit this piece about seeing auras. I had no idea. I've known you for like a year and a half and I had no clue. I mean, do you still see auras? Is that still something? Is that still a gift that you have? It is. I can see them on pretty much anyone. And sometimes I I can see them on animals as well. Um, The more, the better I know you, the better I can tell you descriptive things about you. Um, I actually, I had lunch with a friend a couple of days ago who I hadn't seen in about a year. And it's, he's a friend I've known him for right at 10 years. And What's really funny is that when we first met, his aura was one of the biggest ones I'd ever seen. Mm. And I just, I've, he's someone I really honor and respect and cherish. And I just, I have that memory from being 23 years old and thinking, oh yeah, my friend Bill has this like huge aura and he's just a light of life. Um, and I guess I never told him that at that mm-hmm. age. I don't, I, maybe I, I was keeping it to myself at that time, but I, so I had, I had lunch with him the other day and I was telling him something like, oh, well, it's in your aura. And he said, oh, you read auras now? And I'm like, I've been reading auras the entire time. And he's like, oh, maybe I just didn't know or wasn't listening. And I was like, yeah, probably. But (laughs) maybe I didn't say anything. Um, It's just one of those things that sometimes it comes up in conversations and sometimes it doesn't. Totally. Um, The closer I am with somebody – and sometimes it's not even like we have a strong – like we have a long friendship or anything. It's just like the, you know, like when you, like you and I had that like instant soul connection where it's like, oh, we're going to get along. Mm -hmm. Like the closer I am to somebody like that, I can depict things about them, like especially their purpose and their passion. I can see it in them. And then sometimes their aura, the vision of the aura can take me to um, a little like vision in my third eye of their purpose. Oh my God. And I can see what they're supposed to be doing. so cool. Okay. We're going to have to talk a lot more about this because as you know, I mean, this element of spirituality and connection, tuning into your intuition, allowing your gifts to really step forward is is really a place that I'm in right now in my life and also a place that I'm in with this show. And so we're going to have to talk more about this. This is so yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. And then the other thing that you said that really struck me was you realize that with self-love and with your self-love journey it was all on you. You had the power. You had the choice to make the decisions to really own um, how you were treating yourself, how you were loving yourself. And it's really – the more I step into this, the more I realize it's really a journey of ownership, right? Personal yeah. ownership, allowing yourself to really know and understand and step into the fact that that you you have the power to choose how you speak to yourself, yeah. how you speak to others, how you want to treat yourself, the way in which you want to allow yourself to step forward in who you are. And so when you had that realization, were there things that you started to do, whether it's meditation or journaling or conversations with others? I mean, were there things that you did um, when you first really started this self-love journey and really realizing it? Are there things that you did to help you really move forward in it, in it even more? Oh, yeah. Um, before I answer that, I want to comment on the ownership part. I actually call it ownership in my book. Oh, my God. I love it. Because you have to own all of your shit. Own all of your shit. <laughs> ownership. I love this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there, amazing. there were a ton of things I stopped doing when I realized, oh, I need to make better choices for myself. I actually – I stopped dating mm. and – um, really started focus on my writing because I'm I'm a writer. I've got a book series in me that's coming out hopefully in 2020. Oh like this first, this is just book one of probably I don't know ten. Wow. Um, <laughs> so when I realized that was my purpose, and in my writing, it's 
I want to teach people self-love, self-worth, self-respect, and a, a dose of spirituality as well, because I really do believe to fully function at our highest capacity as humans, mm-hmm. we have to have mind, body, and spirit connected together. Um, and for so long, spirit has been either completely just pushed out of the picture or it's been warped in some weird religious stuff mm-hmm. that's not quite um, – it's just not quite helpful sometimes. Some religions are great. Some, some, some pieces of religion is great and some pieces aren't. Um, and I want to talk about more of the, just the fact that we're spiritual beings, that we have a soul. Um, and I think all three of those, ha- mind, body, spirit, have to merge together. So, yeah, I stopped, I stopped dating. I, I was just done with poor choices of, of the men that I had been dating um, it's funny because I, I had a great boyfriend for four years and I've done a lot of relationship analysis and he was really wonderful. We just were not a match together. Mm-hmm. But then after him and I broke up, I went to onto this next guy who was just the exact opposite of him. And it was, he was mean and awful. Ugh. And I'm like analyzing, I'm like, what am I doing? Just stop dating so I can get clear on who mm-hmm. I am. Um, so I actually ended up taking a vow of celibacy for myself. Um, and I realized this is something that a lot of people just are not at the place in their life to do. They don't understand it. They don't want to understand it. They don't want to give up sex. But my thing was I can't be giving my precious time, energy, and sacred sexuality to someone I'm not in love with. It's just not possible for me. So I'm celibate until, I'm not going to say marriage, but I'm going to say until my next strong relationship, Mm -hmm. which hopefully will lead into marriage because I've waited so long that not just anyone's allowed in my house. Mm -hmm. For real. (laughs) I think that's really important too, is remembering that the energy that you're calling into your life is also a form and an act of self-love, right? So the relationship that you choose, the friendships that you choose, your work environment, whatever it might be, it's a reflection of your self-love. And when you get really clear on who you are and what it is that you want, the choices that you make change and shift. And sometimes you've got to experience a really bad relationship or really bad friendship or whatever it might be to really be able to take a step back and say, hold on, wait, this is not what I deserve. This is not a reflection of my self-worth. So that, that resonates too of, of really taking a step back and saying, okay, I've got to get clear on who I am and and what I want. And from there I can move forward. A hundred percent. And with me seeing auras, and I, I talk about this in the book, I can see when someone has slept with someone and it is not a match. Mm. When you're sleeping with somebody that is a partner and commitment, it's beautiful. Like there's there's give and there's take and it's relationship and that's wonderful. But when you are sleeping with somebody and also sleeping with other people or they're sleeping with other people, you get their messy stuff on your aura too because that's just how energy mm-hmm. works. Yeah, it's interesting just the direction – culturally we have been in and the direction we're culturally moving into, especially I think within this wellness space of like we've been talking about throughout this conversation of really honoring your body, honoring your mind, honoring your spirit, just like you said that it really is a mind, body, spirit connection. And when you begin to honor all three aspects, regardless of what area it is in your life, I mean, you can really transform and see you know, what needs to shift. Yeah. I think it's really, really fascinating. And so today, do you still practice the same self-love techniques? Are there things that you do to help ground your energy, um, to remind yourself, you know, where I've been, where I'm going, where I want to go? Yeah. I, I have a nightly ritual. I do a special prayer every night for myself, anyone that I'm close with that might be going through some issues, I'll say a prayer for them. Um, And it's just this sacred time period to kind of get away from the muck of the day and say, this is what we're doing. Like, this is why we're here. Like, we came here to work on these issues and problems and challenges, and we need some extra light and energy. So I, I always say this special prayer. And then I Every night, without fail, I take a bougie bath. That is my number one favorite thing to do. I love that you call it a bougie bath. It is very bougie. I do 
crystals and bubbles and oils and just everything that makes me feel so luxurious mm-hmm. because I, part of, part of self-love is you've got to feel good and you've got to treat yourself to those little things. Um, in my opinion, on a daily basis, yeah. uh, that's a huge part of my self-love journey. Um, another thing is I try to get to as many yoga classes as I can a week because that's my grounding center and a good workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of a yoga do you practice, by the way? Uh, vinyasa flow. Oh, okay. Nice. And most recently I've gotten into hot yoga. That adds a whole other element. I have not been able to do hot yoga. I just feel like I would sweat and like feel lightheaded and have to leave. <laughs> it's like my biggest fear is feeling too hot, <laughs> you know? You definitely are drenched in sweat. Yeah. There's no way around. Like even just standing in the room for a minute, you're going to you're gonna break a sweat. Um, for, and and for, me, for me, I definitely take moments of like, okay, I need a child's pose now. <laughs> and the, the best part is everybody knows like, oh, you're having a moment? Yeah, you take a child's yeah. pose. No big yeah. deal. I've, everybody's been and there. And what is so interesting, I think about honoring yourself in that moment and knowing your limit of like, okay, I'm not going to do this pose. It's too intense. I need to take a moment. I think it's a really beautiful metaphor for self-love too, which is that you do this at your own pace, right? You do this 100%. without um, worrying about what someone else is going to think about you, removing that element of judgment in the moment. Um, and I think that's really powerful too and in, in honoring yourself and saying, eh, I'm gonna, I got to take a second. And the same thing goes for self-love. Yeah. It's it's all intertwined. Yeah. What is so cool about your self-love journey, beside this element of spirituality and coming out to Los Angeles and realizing your worth and what you needed and wanted to step into, is that it has all culminated into this beautiful book that you just recently published called Go Love Yourself. And I, We've got to talk about this book. We've got to talk about your writing process. I'm so curious about how this all came together. Did you always know that you wanted to be a writer and and to write about your self-love journey? No. Um, only in the last, I'm going to say almost five years, was it very clear to me that it was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a writer. This is what I'm meant to do. Um, what's funny is I actually had a man in my life in my early 20s who was kind of a, I'm going to call him a guru figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was when I moved to LA, he told me, he was very intuitive. He was like, you're going to write and you're going to produce and you're going to write about your story because the things you're going to experience, you're going to recognize that other people need to know this and learn from this. Mm-hmm. So you're really kind of a vessel to teach a lot of people um, and he didn't tell me what it was. He didn't tell me it was self-love or self-worth or any of that. He just said, this is what you're going to do. Um, and it stuck with me like, okay, I'm going to be a writer. And it didn't really, I resonated more with being a producer because I'd been in some of that in my job. Mm-hmm. So I understood mm-hmm. producing, but the whole writing thing, I was like, um, I don't know, maybe until one day I realized like, oh, yep, I'm meant to be a writer. Uh, And then it all just started pouring out of me. And what's funny is that if I actually look back throughout my entire life, I've been a journaler and I've always had ideas for scenes and different ideas in my head. It's been there the entire time. Mm -hmm. It just had to come out and and blossom the way it needed to blossom so that I could understand Mm -hmm. it. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because I think we have these gifts, whether they're writing, speaking, um, connecting with others, whatever the gift might be. And sometimes it's really buried, right, within us. And it takes a process sometimes of unraveling, of being willing to kind of go deep and pull it out. And it comes out when it's supposed to. And I think that's important too is that you can't rush who you are. You can't rush your process. And sometimes it'll start off, like you said, like with producing and then over time it evolved into writing and, and who knows what the next chapter is going to be too. I think every layer kind of brings you closer and closer. And so I love this. I love this and just how it just flowed. And I think it goes to show too, that when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it just happens. It just, it just just happens. happens. And I have to remind myself that on a daily basis where it's like, oh, Right. I'm going to be taken care of. The universe is going to provide. 
because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think it's easy to, to, to think that we're not supported sometimes. And I think it's harder to remember that, you know what, there's going to be a parachute. There's going to be a safety net, right? There's going to be something to catch us, especially, I think, when we are really stepping forward and into who we really are. And the more you're authentic within that, the more that safety net shows up time and time again. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And so when you sat down to write, I mean, was it over the course of months? How long did it take to write Go Love Yourself? This particular book, because this is actually the second book I've written, but the first book I've published. Um, this book I started in October of 2018 and I finished in June of 20. No, I'm sorry. October 2017 finished in June of 2018. Wow. So about a nine month journey. Yeah. Um, which seems to be on track because the first book I wrote, which will be out hopefully in 2020, um, that was also a nine month journey as well to get a strong first draft done. Um, my writing process became more of a discipline Mm. than anything else. I read Stephen Pressfield's War of Art, which is highly recommended for anybody who's a creative in any creative Mm -hmm. field, because it's basically just getting over the resistance to sit down to do your work. Mm And I made the pact with myself. I'm, I'm very good at disciplining myself. <laughs> it's like, this is how I'm going to live my mm-hmm. life. Um, I started to write two paragraphs a day. That was my, my absolute minimum goal. I would say in 90% of the time that those two paragraphs turns into two to five pages. Mm-hmm. And that the only days I didn't write were days that I was really sick or extremely busy with travel. Um, But other than that, every single day, two paragraphs a day. And that gets you a long way. Yeah. Yeah. If you do a little bit every day, you will get to where you're going. Because I find that most creatives are so resistant to sit down to do the work. But it's in their head and it's in their heart. But they just – find other things to do instead of sit down and do it. Like Mm -hmm. we'll do the dishes Mm -hmm. or, oh, I need to mop the floors or, oh, I should go see this friend I haven't seen in a long time or, oh, I've got this thing I've got to do for my money job. It's all about beating the resistance. Yeah, that resistance shows up and that procrastination shows up. But I love what you said that you started with this goal of writing two paragraphs a day. And I think that's really powerful for anyone that's listening that wants to write a book, that wants to start anything, any kind of process or creative journey or an outlet for their passion is start small, right? Start with a small attainable goal because it's less intimidating, right? It makes it feel like I can do this. I can sit down and write two paragraphs. And if that feels intimidating, say it's two sentences, anything just to allow yourself to get started and then it'll flow and it'll grow. And then like you said, next thing you know, you had two to five pages worth of material. I think that's a really important message for anyone that really wants to embark on anything is start small. Start small. You And I mean, I'm a one-woman show at this point um, doing all these things. And I have to remind myself daily that it is a step-by-step process mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't take on multiple steps at a time mm-hmm. or else you'll trip and And you can try. I mean, I certainly – Oh, you can try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I you certainly try. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I, uh, I went into this year with – every year I kind of pick a mantra or a theme or a word – And I went into this year knowing that I was going to be publishing and creating my candle line. And I thought to myself, I need to take my time Mm -hmm. because this is a lot I'm embarking on. So on my whiteboard in my office, it says 2019 mantra, I am taking my time. Mm -hmm. And that has been – that's been a real lifesaver on the heavy scheduled days where I'm like, oh, my God, I have so much going on. And it's like, no, I'm I'm taking my time. I'm taking my time. I have – I have no rush. It's okay. Because when we put ourselves in that rush mode, nothing actually gets accomplished. So I really try to embody the the patience of life. Yeah. While taking taking it step by step. Taking it step by step. And I think the more we do that, the more we take our time. It allows us to move through that resistance that shows up that you touched on earlier because it will show up. It will stop you. And I'm curious for you. What was the resistance that showed up when you sat down to write the book or when you 
are embarking on any creative endeavor? I mean, what resistance has showed up for you and, and what has it been like to push past it? It's an interesting question. Um, for me, resistance comes in the form of procrastination mm-hmm. of just like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. Or I've got something that's more important that I have to deal with. And usually that more important thing that I have to deal with might be like a 10-minute thing that just I can do and move forward. But for some reason in my head, I make it a much bigger deal. Always, <laughs> right? Always. Um, yeah. And so what worked for me while writing was that I needed to get out of the house to write. Um, because if I stayed in my house, I would have Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. I would surf around the internet and I would – oh, that dish needs to be cleaned. Oh, I'm looking at the floor and it's dirty. I should probably (laughs) mop right now. I would just create all of these things that seem more important than the work. So I learned that quickly about myself that I had to remove myself from situations that were going to sabotage me. Mm -hmm. So I found a a cafe that worked for me. Um, And what's funny is I, I was there the other day for the first time since my book has been published and I had a copy of my book and I put it down on the table that I wrote it on. And I was like, this is so cool. Wow. <laughs> I wrote my book. On what a table. full circle moment. Totally. It was wow. really beautiful. Um, but yeah, it, it, resistance shows up for me in a procrastination of, eh, I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized quickly like, oh, this, I got to kill this. This has to mm-hmm. go. If I'm ever going to do what I want to do, I just have to beat the resistance. Yeah. Keeping that goal in mind, right? Keeping that dream in mind. And I think like we said earlier, breaking it down into small steps, doing what you can to remove that self-sabotage because it is so real. I mean, we get in our heads, right? And we think we can't do this. I ha- There's no way I can do this. I'm not qualified. All of the I'm nots, you know, we, and right. we have to shift it to I am. I am qualified. I do got this. Like, this is my goal. This is my dream. I don't know how long it'll take, but I'm going to keep working towards it. And it goes back to your mantra, I think for 2019, which is I am going to take my time. And I think the key part of that is my, right? Because we all arrive at our own time, at our own pace, um, in our own way. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else. It was so interesting. At work yesterday, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about people who become overnight sensations, overnight success. And we both said the same thing, which was, is there really such a thing as an overnight success? Like somebody that just overnight, you know, everything blossoms and blooms. But the truth is, is we don't see the two, four, six years of hard work that really led up to that moment where everything just exploded in the most beautiful way that it's now on everybody's radar. And I think that's important to remember too, is that we all arrive in our own way, our own time, and don't compare yourself either to anybody else's process. And again, the form of self-love. Harrison is the thief of joy. Exactly. It really is. And speaking of joy, because comparison (laughs) is a thief of joy, but I would much rather talk about the things that bring you joy and fill you up. What are some things that you do that bring you joy, that allow you to connect to that space of joy um, within yourself? Um, Loving myself brings me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. Taking care of myself on a mental, physical, emotional level, knowing that I have ownership. Mm -hmm. I live in a very joyous state of life. Um, Not to say that I don't have moments where I'm totally like bawling on the floor of emotions because that happens. I call it the the breakdown to breakthrough is sometimes those emotions need to creep out so that way you can understand how to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that my life is very joyful and very happy because I've chosen every aspect of it. I've chosen to write which is my passion and purpose. I've chosen to live in a house that I absolutely love and adore and decorated it with my vibe and what makes me feel good. Uh, I've chosen to get myself to my yoga mat. I've chosen to take my bougie baths at Mm -hmm. night. I have handpicked my friends who are all extremely wonderful and creative people in their own ways and I love spoiling my friends. I give gifts. I give the best gifts. (laughs) 
I absolutely love giving heartfelt, meaningful gifts to my friends. And most of them love it. Some of them are like, please stop giving me gifts. And I'm like, no, never. (laughs) No, honestly, there's so much beauty in gifting others. And it can be as simple as a card, but the act of thinking of somebody else and honoring them in that way, it's powerful. And it comes back to you totally. tenfold every time. And I had a mentor do that to me. Mm-hmm. I And she still does. Um, where she saw my light long before I did. And she gave me gifts and cards and words of encouragement to push my gift out of me, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's my responsibility to do that to my friends in my life who – I can see their gift and they might they might see some of their gift, but they're not acting on it mm-hmm. yet. And I will just kind of pound it into them of like, hey, you know that thing that's in your heart? Yeah, that's your purpose. <laughs> Here's a gift it. to remind you of it. Yeah, yeah you got to do it. It's interesting because I think it's a journey to stepping into that passion and stepping into that purpose. And it often, like we've touched on throughout this conversation, requires you to go through some difficult times and requires you to – um, have moments of pause that force you to reflect and evaluate. And yes. when you do that period of reflection, when you do evaluate, um, you can start inching closer and closer to who you are and, and uncovering that passion and then stepping more into it. But like you said, it does take often others in our lives seeing it first before we do and nudging us and giving us those Um, words of confirmation and affirmation and like believing in us, you know, often someone else believes in us more than we do. And we need that nudge to really start to believe in who we are and what we're capable of. A hundred percent. And I certainly would not be where I am today if I had not had a handful of mentors that, that helped push me along the path. Speaking of words of confirmation and words of affirmation, we talked about your, your, I guess you could say mantra for 2019. And I know affirmations have played such a strong role in your life to the point in which you have started this beautiful affirmation candle line. And so at what point did you decide, I'm going to make candles, I'm going to infuse this intention with action to really create something that's tangible for people um, to hold on to? Well, a part of my gift along with seeing auras is that I can also see moments of the future of my life. Um, But with that gift, I don't know the timing Mm -hmm. of things. So I have dreams that are very powerful that tell me things and visions in my meditations and just an understanding of like, oh, this is the life I'm meant to live. So I had always seen myself having a product line, Mm -hmm. but I had kind of chalked it up to the fact of oh, I'll do that years down the line. Right. Um, It just, I didn't see it in my current state until all of a sudden I woke up one day last fall (laughs) as my book was being um, the final version of editing. And it was like, oh, I have to release a product line with the book. Mm. Oh, this is the timing of it. And I think when you and I met, I was on my way to the candle yeah. company to I'll pick out the forget. aromas. I mean, literally, that was your next appointment after our coffee date was, you're like, I'm going, I'm working on this candle line, I'm picking out the scents. And I literally was like, this girl does everything. I mean, I was so <laughs> blown away and so excited. And I mean, I cannot believe it's here. Like, they are here. They are here. And it, it only took a six-month journey from concept of idea to product in hand, mm. which I'm pretty amazed at because – it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Either that or it was meant to be, so everything fell into place, maybe a combination right, of both. Right. Um, but it dawned on me when I realized, oh, I need to make the product line now. I talk about affirmation candles a handful of times in my book and because it's what I did in my journey, especially 10 years ago when I was 23 and I didn't have – much money at all. And I would, uh, my, that guru that I had mentioned before, guru is a strong word, but I don't know what else to call him. (laughs) The the intentional man who taught me a lot about myself. Um, he had taught me, you know, if you light a candle and you say a prayer at the same time, it doesn't have to be religious. It can be your own sacred experience Mm -hmm. that helps light up your intention. So that's something that I had been doing since the, those time periods. And I talk about it in the book, how I would light it and say, I'm financially abundant and I can pay my bills on time and just all these little 
basic day-to-day things that I needed to learn how to do. And then as time went on, the affirmations that I lit candles to became a lot stronger and more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it dawned on me that I can't just teach self-love through my words. I have to teach it through an action tool. Mm -hmm. So the tool of lighting a candle is so beautiful. And who doesn't love a bougie candle? Honestly, this girl loves them. (laughs) I love (laughs) love them. And anything that has sort of a fresh scent that's like calming and relaxing. And what's so beautiful about what you shared is this aspect of combining the intention with the action. Because I think that's a portion of this self-love of this wellness conversation that's often missing, which is we can talk about words of affirmation. We can talk about treating ourselves differently, showing ourselves that love and compassion that we so deserve, but there's always an action element associated with it, which is actually doing the thing, right? And I think sometimes we don't talk about that, but when you can tie it to something so tangible that it's like in front of you, I think it's a game changer. And this total, I totally forgot about this actually until this moment, but I think it was five years ago. No, hold on. Six or seven years ago. Wow. I'm this is this time is flying. Six or seven years ago, yeah. when I was working with my therapist, who I no longer work with, but who has played such a strong and instrumental role in my life, something that she told me to do that she actually like really highly encouraged. I don't want to say made me do because we always have self-will, but something that she really highly encouraged was going out and getting a candle and attaching a belief and intention to that candle so that every time I would light it, I would be reminded of this belief that I was trying to believe more and more because at the time I was in a space in my life where I mean, you want to talk about like negative self-talk, negative body image, not believing in my own worth. I mean, really in a space where I was really mean to myself, it was like this one little candle was like the, my attempt, I think at the time to really foster more love for myself and more belief in myself. And I burned the candle all year. I mean, until it totally went out. And every time I would light it, I would remind myself of that belief that I was trying to foster or dive into more and more. And it served as a reminder. And so it brings me back to what you're creating with your candles. What you have created is tying that intention, tying that mantra, that affirmation, those words of encouragement to something that you can see and serve as a reminder every time you light it. I think it's so beautiful. And I cannot believe I totally forgot about that yeah, moment just, in my own life. You just like nailed the whole entire advertisement for affirmation candles. Sign that's me up. Exactly you need me for anything. What I'll just for. tell people that story because that's literally what it's for. For real. It's a tool. Exactly. Yeah, because we can talk about things at ad nauseum, right? But you have to have some kind of action to show the universe like, okay, I'm actually working mm-hmm. on this. Because we can talk, talk, talk and quote unquote manifest all you want. But unless you're actively pursuing it, by putting energy into something, it's not going to happen. You've got to have the, you've got to have the right mindset plus the um, implementation, implementation (laughs) of of whatever your goal is. Yeah. It's beautiful. and And it becomes part of your routine too, you know, like, And I think that's what's so powerful too, is that whether it's a candle, whether it's a prayer, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a moment where you take a deep breath, you can bring it into your routine, the way in which you want to at your own pace. I know I keep saying that that feels like a theme for this conversation is in your own time and at your own pace, but it becomes part of your routine. You do it more and more and it becomes second nature, just like the practice of self-love. In the book, I have a a chapter called Patterns and Practices. And how everything we do and think is on repeat. I mean, think about it. You wake up in the morning. You have your morning routine. It's probably the same on most mornings unless you're running around rushed. Mm -hmm. But um, we do the same things on repeat almost every day. And that mimics that our thoughts are on repeat almost every day. Mm -hmm. So when we can take a tool and add it in, that changes our patterns and practices, which then creates a domino effect to change other things in our life. Mm, It's so true. 
when you replace those negative thoughts, when you replace that tape that's running in your head and you replace it with thoughts of your own choosing, it's so powerful. And you can create new patterning. I mean, where you can really like literally rewire our brains. That's what I've been learning is that you have the power to do it. Yep. Exactly. That's the journey of self-love is rewiring your brain. It really, I mean, it really is. And the more you step into your own journey, the more you step into your own healing, it's really, really powerful. And I've got to ask you, because you've done so much in your journey, and I know this is just the beginning, which is also so beautiful because we often feel like when we've achieved a dream, right, when we've hit a milestone, we want to move that goalpost again. And I think that's important because you can keep reaching and striving and and creating more. And I know that's what you're doing. But I'm curious yeah. with everything that you've done, what is the most healing thing that you've done throughout this journey? That's a really good question. And I have so many, dif- so many different answers mm-hmm. for so many different um pieces of my life, but I'd say the absolute most healing thing is that the first book I wrote slash the second book that'll be published next year, it's, it's my story. It's highly fictionalized at this point, but when I first wrote it to get the, the outline done, it was analyzing every relationship I'd been through my entire life from age four to being, you know, chased on the playground with my pigtails pulled mm to my most recent breakup, which is now a few years back, but um, taking the time to analyze every choice I'd made in regards to what kind of man I'd let into my life Mm -hmm. and what I listened to from each man, um, what I'd learned from each man. And it was just, it was the most powerful thing because I was able to own our shit on all the mistakes I'd made in relationship and then also own up to the fact of like, hey, I'm really good at nurturing men. Mm. And I it, that that just recently dawned on me that I have this gift of like letting men be vulnerable and letting them come forward into that vulnerability, which I think is so important mm-hmm. in this day and age where we are in society. We need more men to become more vulnerable. And vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Um but the, yeah, the most healing thing I've ever done is analyze every single relationship I had been through to really understand the choices I'd made and how I wanted to proceed for my future relationship with my husband, mm-hmm. the things that I wanted to bring with me and the things that I need to leave behind in the past, that the things that didn't serve me in relationship. I think it's so interesting how throughout this conversation, we keep coming back to this element of relationships and partnership and realizing that you had to really nurture yourself, right? And honor yourself and move through your, uh, really own your shit, (laughs) right? Literally. literally. (laughs) And going through that process of an analysis within yourself and taking a deep dive and then realizing that you are a safe space to land, right? You are a source of comfort for men, for women, for whomever it might be. And that is really um, something that more of us are stepping into and realizing and that element of vulnerability and embracing it and leading with it and allowing it to serve you and serve others. That's really what I take away from what you just said. There there are a few key ingredients I think make a relationship successful, especially after I went through my, at the time, 28 years of, because <laughs> when I started writing, I was 28, um, of all of the, the relationships I'd been through that I basically had gone through. Thank you next way before Ariana released it. But, um, <laughs> the elements that, <laughs> and when I heard that song, I was like, yes, finally, like society is catching totally. up to what I've already wanted to yeah. teach. Um, but I think that to have a strong relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship or even relationships with your family members, you have to have a very strong sense of self-worth mm-hmm. and self-love. They're kind of the same in, in this regard. But like I, I use self-worth as more of a masculine tone and self-love as more of a feminine yeah. tone. But tomato, tomato. Because when you are honest with yourself, you can then be honest with others because you have nothing to hide from yourself. Right. Um, and then in partnership, you know, I think a very, you have to have a very strong friendship first before you dive into a romantic partnership. Cause that way you really get to know the person as a person mm-hmm. versus you've got your, you know, lusty goggles on of like, Oh, this person makes me swoon. But <laughs> I, I really do believe friendship 
plus chemistry, of course. But the ultimate ingredient of self love Mm -hmm. is what makes a relationship sustain. Mm Those relationships with others, those relationships with yourself, I mean, it all comes back to that 100%. Every, yeah. The more you know yourself, the more you can know someone else. Mm. That's it. <laughs> the more you know yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you can tap into that love, the more you can share it with others. 100%. What would you say is your biggest dream? To empower the world to love themselves. Everything starts with self-worth and Mm self-love. And when you live in a place where you have such a knowing of your identity and you live in that authenticity, it's just a more beautiful space. And if everybody lived in that space, we would have such a different world. Mm -hmm. One of the things that comes in with self-love is that when you start to own your shit and go through it all, you come to a place where you stop judging yourself and you release the judgment and you forgive yourself for whatever things that you've wronged yourself on. And then you move forward and say, all right, no more judgment. When you stop judging yourself, you stop judging others because then you can look at it from, oh, everybody's just kind of going through their own learning and growth experience. Mm -hmm. So stop judging yourself. You stop judging others. If we stop judging others, what would the world be like? We would lose so much of the isms that we have right now in our society. It would it would be a totally different mm-hmm. planet. It would. Remove the judgment and step more forward into your self-love and love of others and love of self. And something that I have just been saying over and over and over for probably the last six months, seriously, is that we are love. That is who we are. And we are here to embrace it and to embody it and to step more fully into it. And the more that we do, the lens in which we see ourselves and the lens in which we see others shifts. It really, really does. And you have the ability at that point too to step more step forward more into your passion and into your joy and into your purpose of being here when you really believe and embody that love. And I think the world has been um, in a love deficit for real. And that's a lot of what we're seeing and experiencing. And the more we have people like you who are writing about love, who are writing about self-love, who are putting products and affirmations. And I am just so happy you came on Seek the Joy podcast, Heather. And thank you really for everything that you shared. Where can everyone find you? Where can they find your book and your candles and connect with you and and really be part of this self-love journey with you? Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's been such a treat. Um, You can find everything on my website at heather-reinhardt.com. I pretty much have everything on my Instagram as well, which is at heatherreinhardt. And yeah, affirmationcandles.com as well, which links to the same thing. Perfect. And then the books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and um, it just went on Audible this week. Super exciting. <laughs> did you did you read for, for the audio version of the book? I did, yes. Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so it was cool. The, it was really fun. I was a little nervous going into it because I've never done anything like that before. But, you know, an hour in, I was like, yep, this is great. <laughs> I'm excited. Everything's going to go in the show notes. And Heather, just thank you so much again for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun.